My name is Dr. Jeffrey Burke. I'm a naturopath and a master herbalist and the host of the Staying Healthy radio show. My show airs Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I bring you the best guests in the industry and the topics that are relevant for today's health. The shows stream live at 8 a.m. And for those of you that cannot listen live, my shows are now podcast daily for on-demand downloads at my webpage, drjeffreyburke.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer, now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're located at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Smith Shopping Center. Go in and see what a local retailer can do for you. Great selection, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and amazing prices. The hours of the store are Monday through Friday 9 to 7, Saturdays 9 to 6, and closed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. I thank you all for taking the time out of your day to stop by, tune in, and walk away with information vital to your good health. Today, learning the ins and outs about health and nutrition has become even more important than I think almost ever before. And I think the reason being is there are a lot of us out there that are truly trying to get ourselves as healthy as possible, but we're also struggling to find a comfortable way to start doing what we're doing and start putting ourselves into a healthier way of living and we don't know where to start and maybe we've been putting things off for a long time so that now we have to really think about you know how do we approach this how do we look at things in a, in a real positive way and you know and how do we get started because it's very very confusing trying to get started and headed in the healthy direction for the first time because there is misinformation around every single corner. So we say to ourselves, where do we start? Well, this is a great place to start. It's a great forum. Um, We have definitely been doing this for a very long time. Uh, We have put ourselves into a better, healthy way of learning things. And I think that as we learn more and more, we're going to really start thinking about the things that we can do that make a dramatic difference in our overall good health. Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, every week, I bring you the best guests in the industry and the relevant topics for today's world. We talk about the things that are important, the things that are necessary, the things that we should be talking about, and you know most of the time the things that we just don't talk enough about. Getting healthy, being healthy, and staying healthy is something that is really important to do. The problem is sometimes we we just kind of you know don't know where to go and and who to talk to and 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 how to approach all of this stuff that we really need to be approaching so we try to make it easier i sent you to stay healthy health food store because they make it really easy they are las vegas's oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the las vegas valley They have a fully packed store with only the best of the best in every category, the most knowledgeable staff, the best customer service, and they open the door for questions and answers and dialogue and and conversations because it, it allows people to make better, wiser, healthier decisions. Stay healthy. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston. You can visit the store Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5, closed on Sunday. And remember, curbside service, mail order services, and getting your order together so you can just swoop in and get it, all of those available. Call the store, 877-2494, 877-2494. 
Uh, don't forget about their webpage. It is a great resource as well not only for great information uh, and doing research and getting information, but uh, if you enter your email address, you can start getting newsletters every month. You can print coupons to use in the store, and you can download any of the radio shows. Uh, the podcasts are on demand and available every single day on their page. Their webpage, again, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Well, today we're going to be talking with Neil Levin, uh, the product company Now Foods. Uh, we get the pleasure to talk with Neil every single month. If you have not had the pleasure of listening to Neil, um, you've been missing some awesome information. He is an amazing industry insider. He is uh, has an amazing background, and his information is, you know, really, really important when you're trying to kind of sort out the confusion. Let me give you a little background here. Actually, it's a big background. Neil Levin is the nutrition education manager and product formulator for the natural products manufacturer Now Foods. Neil is a board certified clinical nutritionist who has a diplomat in advanced nutritional laboratory assessment. He's a professional member of the International and American Associations of Clinical Nutritionists, serves on the Scientific Council of the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. Neil is a director program chair and past president of the American Nutrition Association and serves on the Public Relations Committee of the American Herbal Products Association. His comments and articles are published in magazines and newspapers. He contributes to scientific journals and has been featured in countless radio interviews and television news reports. Neil posts his articles on his blog, honestnutrition.com, and at nowfoods.com. He tweets as Neil E. Levin, and on Facebook, you can follow him as well under Honest nutrition um, you're gonna really enjoy this is always good information with Neil hey Neil how you doing I'm doing great how are you Jeffrey? I'm doing wonderful thank you for being here uh, how, how's the weather back in your neck of the woods <laughs> it was 10 degrees Fahrenheit this morning mm -hmm. and uh, we've got about a foot of snow on the ground mm -hmm. and more expected tomorrow night Yuck. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we go crazy out here when it goes down to 50 degrees, you know, so it's because our blood is so thin out here. And, and most of us moved away from those places. I was raised in the Midwest, and heck, I won't even go back there until it's like May or October. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I got away from that. Um, how you doing? How you, how's everybody healthy in your neck? Yeah, we're doing okay. Still trying to work through the pandemic, and my, most of my my crew is working from home, so you know, it's a little different uh, trying to manage. I'm, I'm actually a manager, group manager for two different groups, so I'm trying to manage remotely, which isn't that easy. You know, we, we do have Zoom conferences and stuff like that, but, you know, it, it, it's not that easy to get uh, everyone on the same page and consensus, and when you're in the office, you hear things and you can walk over and talk to somebody. It's, it's so much different with all this remote stuff. Yeah, I think I agree with that 100%. You know, I, I think a lot of people are in search of, of, of information today, but I think there's a lot of people that will say that they really do miss that in-person. I mean, I do. Um, I have not done... I mean, I've done okay because, you know, you have to. Uh, but the thing is, I think I would do much better uh, if I was um, in an in-person situation for me. So, you know, it, it, it's difficult. You know, we've made it work. You know, because we've had to. Um, but the thing is, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different ways of thinking. Thank God for technology. I mean, to be able to have Zoom meetings and webinars and all that kind of stuff. So I am truly um, 
at the point right now where I've learned a lot more about technology, that's for sure. And I mean, it's going to help me. It's allowed me to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's happened pretty much across the country. Yeah, I think everyone's getting a little better at technology <laughs> or if they're not just more frustrated by it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's good and bad. But, you know, I mean, I was traveling the year before last, you know, 2019. I was traveling pretty much every month and something around two dozen trips a year. I was going to Dubai. I was going to Europe. I was going to Canada. Uh, you know, I was in Iceland. Actually, last year I was in Iceland uh, and San Francisco before the pandemic hit and the travel shut down. You know, I mean, I was traveling quite a bit, and I haven't had a trip since last February, so it's been about a year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's different. Uh, I keep wondering if I'm ever going to be traveling the same way or if everything's going to be staying remote for a while. I'm hoping to be on the road again this month um, into March, and, and, and I think that's going to be great. I still get to do what I do from the road, but it's going to be different. You know, I'm not going to have, you know, gigantic consumer lectures where people are sitting close together and things like that yet. I just think that there's just too many steps that are just have not been filled yet. But if I can get out there and even do some remotely kind of uh, things that I get to do at a distance, I mean, that's still going to be good. It'll be good to be on the road and be face-to-face -face at least or mask-to-mask, -mask, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so today we're going to we're going to talk about some things today and some I've got questions and I found the products at Marge's store um, from Now Foods that kind of correspond with these products. So, I thought we'd discuss it's kind of a kind of a varied amount of products today, but you know, whatever we talk about, you always make them so understandable. How does that sound? That sounds fine. And let, let me apologize to any of your listeners because uh you know, all the manufacturers are having problems yeah. for the last year meeting demand. And I could tell you our production capacity has gone up by some 30 to 40% over the last year, and we're planning on doubling it again this year. But, you know, that doesn't seem to be enough to meet demand, and it's, we're competing for certain ingredients, some of them we're going to be talking about today, that are – in short supply, and they're in short supply because this pandemic is worldwide. So, you know, for example, we want to get an herb Google uh, from India, and a lot of India is shut down with the pandemic, and they're not harvesting, they're not processing, they're not shipping, and everyone's competing for the same materials that are in short supply. That's just one example. You can yeah. multiply that by a thousand times, you know, for different ingredients. And, you know, vitamin C and elderberry and all the other ones, vitamin D, that are, you know, really everyone's working at the peak of their capacity and, and beyond sometimes, trying to expand capacity. We actually bought several new uh, encapsulators uh, late last year and are planning four more this year, I think, you know, as part of our project to expand capacity. But it's testing, it's auditing vendors, it's uh, blending, all these other things that people don't even think about. It's not just throwing it in a tablet or capsule. All these other processes that come before and after have to be done too. And it's hard to hire people. You know, I, I mean, increased capacity means we need more quality control inspectors who have to have training. We have to have more lab people doing more testing. 
We have to have more auditors uh, visiting. Nowadays, it, it tends to be more virtual than actually sending someone. But in the past, we would actually send auditors to our raw material vendors to inspect them and make sure that they meet our standards. Now, all these things that are more difficult now, and every time somebody in our company, and you know, we've had probably a couple hundred people out of 1,600 who have reported COVID. Some of those people work from home, so it's not a problem. But the ones who are working in our manufacturing or labs or distribution, they have, uh, you know, if someone gets sick, we have to quarantine them. We have to quarantine their team for 14 days. We have to shut down the facility and sanitize it. And we're doing routine sanitation twice a week, you know, deep cleaning to avoid having to shut down if someone uh, says they're sick, because a lot of people are coming in occasionally to the facilities if they don't have to work all the time, or if they you know, came in and they were fine and a few days later they got sick and they haven't been in the facility and we've cleaned it over the weekend and during the week, you know, you don't have to do it again, but you know, it could be a day, day and a half shutdown. And we're, we're trying to meet these targets. We're trying to produce these products for you good people out there and we, it's hard to get materials, it's hard to get labor, it's hard to produce enough. Uh, these are the difficulties of, of our modern times, that we're not alone. No. Uh, I think we've done better than a lot of companies, but on some products, we've been out of stock for months, we can't get materials. You know, uh, what can we do? I agree with you 100%, but thank you for addressing that. I, I think that's really important. And, you know, let's just face it, we were all blindsided, not just the people, not just the consumers, but the industry as well. So, and, you know, nobody could have planned for what happened last year. So, I mean, we're getting better at dealing with it, but uh, patience is a virtue that a lot of us, myself included, don't have. So, um, you know, we've learned to adjust. But thank you for addressing that. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I, I'll make a, a what, what they call a modest proposal. They should have a law in the United States to encourage domestic production of all these raw materials and, uh, you know, give tax incentives and, and grants and things like that uh, so that more of this stuff moves to the United States. That'll produce jobs. That, that will keep the supply line shorter. And that will diversify our supply chain. Right. right. I, I think as a national priority, that would be a good goal for the government. Yep, yep, yep. So let's get started here. Um, the first the first basic um, category is the um, allobiotic, which is, of course, in the probiotic family, of course. Um, people ask about it all the time. Things like, why is it different? Uh, what makes it stand out? And in a very confusing field of probiotics, um, what would make, why would somebody approach that product? Uh, so that's, that's what I'd like to talk about. You know, when people are in there looking for a probiotic, why this product? Well, allobiotic's not actually a probiotic. I know that, but it's in the category. <laughs> I know that I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> so allobiotic is actually a formula that is designed to support the immune system. Mm-hmm. And the ingredients are in in a soft gel capsule that is enteric coated. Ah. So it 
protects some of these sensitive ingredients from stomach acid and enzymes. So the ingredients are elderberry, 50 to 1 concentrates, uh, olive leaf extract, 18% oleorupin. The, some of them are 6%. So, you know, this is like a triple strength. Uh, it has a garlic extract. We're actually using two different trademarked allicin extracts. And for your listeners who might not be familiar with it, allicin is actually, it, it's spelled with two I's, uh, C-I-N. And it is a gas that's produced by garlic when it's damaged. And if you can imagine a garlic bulb out in the wild, mm-hmm. you know, back in the past, uh, trying to evolve its own protection mechanism, if it got damaged by a bug or an animal or a tree falling over and, and scratching it nearby, you know, damaging its, its, its roots, its tuber, it would actually produce a gas that would be antiseptic and would purify that damaged area and prevent it from growing mold and going bad. And so it's a very sterilizing type of compound. But it, it evaporates quickly and it degrades into what are called daughter compounds that uh, don't have the same properties. So when you have an aged garlic, aged garlic, we sell aged garlic, it's great stuff, but it has certain properties and it doesn't have all these properties of fresh garlic. Uh, especially it doesn't have the allicin, it doesn't have the same uh, antiseptic chemical that helps with its immunity. Now, there are other factors for immunity, the sulfur compounds and mm-hmm. antioxidant-type compounds that are in garlic, which you know, and they're great for cardiovascular and, and all these other things. Uh, but to get the maximum immunity, you need the allicin. And what they typically do is they'll crush the fresh garlic underwater, capture the gas, and dry it out, so you end up with a 98% or whatever allicin powder that you can use in a product. And that's one of the sensitive things that we want to protect from stomach acid. And so we've got the two different, we actually have two different brands to standardize this in there. We have oil of oregano or oregano oil, minimum 55% carvacrol and typically 70% plus, which is one of the stronger ones. Immune enhancer from large tree, which is a trademarked ingredient from Lanza, that's a prebiotic fiber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some rosemary oil, which rosemary has been used as a preservative in fat-soluble compounds. Uh, you'll see rosemary oil in personal care products, for example, or things like mixed decafferols or, or some of the oil-soluble uh, vitamins as a preservative. Uh, kind of an antioxidant preservative. Now, the term antioxidant on labels, as we've talked about before, is restricted by the FDA to vitamins and minerals with RDAs. So even though scientific and medical literature might call rosemary oil or olive leaf extract or elderberry antioxidant, and they are, uh, in terms of label language, you can't say that. You have to call free radical fighters or... Uh, you know, things like that, uh, use euphemism because of the federal restrictions. Uh, so this is a, an interesting combination. With the, how does elderberry work? Because everyone's heard of elderberry, I'm sure. 
But elderberry is believed to work because it increases the antioxidant potential. It reduces oxidative stress, is another way to put that, in the body. And oxidative stress is a key signal to a virus that this is a weak individual. And let's attack more aggressively. Let us mutate into more dangerous forms because this is a, a free-for-all, this is a buffet. And if it senses there's no oxidative stress, the virus tends to stand down and be more relaxed and, and less aggressive, uh, less virulent would be the, the medical term. And so both the immune system, depending on antioxidants as a key factor in it, it's not only the strength of the immune system, but the ability to clean up the debris that's created by damaging cells and tissues with weapons of the immune system, the oxidation and the uh, uh, the other factors that are that are done by the immune system uh, uses uh, free radicals, for example, like hand grenades. And that damages tissue, and you need to clean up debris. You need to control that. So you control the oxidants that are used by the immune system and, and by the repair systems of the body, the demolition team. They're controlled by things like antioxidants in the body and, and inflammatory factors and things like that that are all part of this. So elderberry prov is, provides polyphenols and other compounds that are antioxidant in nature and which help to actually discourage the way that any kind of virus would act in the body. Olive leaf extract is another one. The oleorupins are free radical fighters. They're in the antioxidant category scientifically, if not on labels. And they have a role in lung function as well. Uh, garlic extract, we talked about oregano oil or oil of oregano tends to have a compound in there like carvacrol that helps the body's immune system to control other things coming in. The immune enhancer from large as a prebiotic fiber encourages intestinal bacteria and allows that to thrive, which is part of the immune system. And of course, the rosemary oil provides another antioxidant type or free radical fighting compounds to reduce oxidative stress. So putting this all in a soft gel, it's a very unique formula. It's a small football-shaped capsule that's easy to swallow. So, you know, this is a very popular product, and, you know, it's no wonder that Marge and the folks there are interested in this. This is a lot of people's go-to product for a very strong immune booster. Well, let me ask you a question. Because there are pro prebiotic benefits in this, would it be would it be smart to assume that this, along with the probiotic, would actually be a good blended combination? Yes, and actually, in some studies, the addition of prebiotics is actually more important than adding probiotics. Mm -hmm. Because if you add probiotics and they have nothing to feed on, they're not going to thrive. Mm -hmm. So you know, you can actually usually within 24 hours affect the intestinal microbes by changing dramatically the amount of prebiotic fiber you get. You can, you, you can literally change the 
density and, and counts and all that of existing probiotics in the gut, uh, typically within a day of increasing this prebiotic fiber. I see. Okay. No, no, that makes really, really good sense. Um, one quick question before we move on. Using it daily or using it only when you need it? This is okay to use daily, but most people are going to use it uh, only as they perceive a threat or feel run down. Okay. That would be your typical use. Okay. There's, there's no reason you couldn't use it daily, but most people are going to uh, just do it as needed. Okay. You know, if, they, if they feel they're in a situation where they might be exposed to something, if, if they feel they're uh, getting a little run down, you know, those kind of things. All right. So let's now talk about the elder immune. Um, how is it different? How does it compare up to the other product? And what are the differences between them? Because, you know, people will see things where there is an elderberry and they just assume they're all the same. Right. Well, the uh, allobiotic is a formula with several active ingredients. The elder immune is just vitamin C and an elderberry juice concentrate that's been dried on a sunflower uh, fiber. Orga it's all organic materials, by the way. So organic elderberries are processed with water extraction, and you get a 65 to 1 concentrate as a very thick liquid. And to dry that into a form that can be used in a capsule, usually they'll spray dry it on corn maltodextrin or something like that. In this case, they're using organic sunflower fiber. Uh, it's, it's, uh, or sun fiber, it's not sunflower, but sun fiber is the trademark name. And it's guar gum, which is partially hydrolyzed, so it acts as a prebiotic fiber. So you have a prebiotic fiber that, to replace the fiber that's lost when you juice, because when you, if you eat a piece of fruit, you're getting fiber, and if you juice it, you don't get the fiber. So you still get the fiber that helps with immunity, that, that prebiotic fiber from the guar, but you have the very concentrated elderberry juice and vitamin C added. So the elderberry and the sun fiber, the guar fiber, are both certified organic. I see. And the vitamin C, of course, is non-GMO. Okay. Now, age limits on these? Um, these are adult formulas? Most of our formulas are listed for adult use just because they haven't been tested on children. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a standard disclaimer on our products, you know, which is, is reasonable because if something isn't known to be used by children, you know, that, that, that's an issue. Now, that said, elderberry is being used by children all the time. It's just as a capsule, you have to also worry about swallowing hazards. True. So that's another issue. You know, if there's a powder, there might be a less restrictive label recommendation than uh, in a capsule. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, immune system support, elderberry juice, as I mentioned earlier, has a role in reducing oxidative stress, and that has been shown to uh, de-energize viruses in testing. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move. Oh, and the other question, just this one just came in. It says, 
I, I fight a lot of bugs and viruses. I'm in a germ-filled environment. I've been lucky to dodge all the problems up to this point. Uh, if I'm going to use one of these, would I use the uh, allobiotic? I'm an adult. I'm around tons of people. My other question is, can I use them both, or will that be overkill? Good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could use them both. You're getting in the allobiotic, it's a 50 to 1 concentrate, 50 milligrams of elderberry. So it's equivalent to about 2,500 milligrams, but 50 milligrams of a 50 to 1 concentrate. The elderimmune's a 65 to 1 concentrate, it's a little stronger, and there's 500 milligrams in two capsules, so 250 milligrams per capsule instead of 50 milligrams. So you could boost the, I mean, I would say allobiotic in that situation would probably make more sense just because it has a wider range of activity, but, you know, because of the more ingredients, of course. But if you want to boost your uh, ability to fight oxidative stress to get these plant antioxidant-type compounds and extra vitamin C, nothing wrong with adding elderimmune to that, to the allobiotic form. Okay. Uh, the next topic is vitamin D, and, I, and I'd love for you to spend some time on this because it seems like vitamin D is, uh, you know, it's so crazy, Neil. I remember going back when I first started in the industry, and way back then, you know, we had vitamin D, but we were almost instructed not to talk about it because if somebody was taking a multiple vitamin, they were getting enough, and the word toxic was always used way back then, and, you know, you segue to today, four decades later, and... Now you got doctors checking people's blood work for vitamin D. Um, they're talking about deficiencies every single day. Um, it has become kind of this all-star nutrient. And now everywhere in the media, they're talking about vitamin D. So it's got a little confusing. Um, and I think a lot of people are wondering how they find out if they need the vitamin D. Obviously, you can get your D tested. Um, but let's say people aren't going to go get tested. They're just kind of trying to pick a product that would do them proud. And I hear you have a, a really strong one now that Marge was telling about as well. So where do you start with your vitamin D? How do you know where to begin your dosing? Well, the first thing is to look at your diet, your skin, and oh, yeah. your climate. Because they're all related to vitamin D. So first of all, you look at the diet. Are you eating small, whole, fatty fish or taking fish oil? fish liver oil, not fish oil, because fish oil, you buy EPA, DHA, fish oil, omega-3 uh, supplements, you're not getting any vitamin D. It has to be fish liver oil because mm -hmm. it's in the liver. So fish liver oil, like cod liver oil, mm -hmm. will have vitamin D, and regular omega-3 supplements will not. The other thing is vitamin D will be in fortified foods. So look at your dairy products, look at your orange juice, look at your breakfast cereals or, or anything like that that might be fortified. Uh, sports bars or smoothies or things you buy, there might be some vitamin D in those too. Uh, so look at those things, you know, even before supplements. And then sunlight. The, the rule of thumb is the shadow rule, which we've talked about. I think it's very interesting, and people love this when they hear it. They, they tend never to forget it. The, if you look at your shadow, and your shadow is shorter than your height, let's say just to round it out, you're six feet tall, and your shadow is five feet long, you can make vitamin D. If your shadow is seven feet long, you can't. If your shadow is longer than your height, 
you cannot make vitamin D. So it's not just the time of the year. Now, time of the year has a role because of the angle of the sun changes as the earth tilts, as it wobbles on its orbit around the sun. So for us in the northern hemisphere, uh, say Chicago, as, as where I am, as a rule of thumb, at this latitude, you would make vitamin D only between late March and late September. And the rest of the year, you can go outside stark naked at noon on Christmas Day. It, it could be sunny. You cannot make vitamin D. The sun's too low of an angle. It's filtered. And all the UVB rays that are needed get filtered out by the atmosphere. If it's hazy, you, you wouldn't make as much, you know, those, those kind of things. So you look at the sun, you look at the diet, and the last factor is you look at your skin pigment because the darker your skin pigment, you might need two, three, four times as much sun exposure to get through a darker pigmented skin. And the reason for this is because the reason why the skin darkens is the production of melanin, which, which is an oxidized form of the amino acid tyrosine. And so oxidation is responsible for tanning and for making the skin pigment. And that happens when the carotenoids and other antioxidants in the skin get used up. And then your skin starts oxidizing these compounds and darkening to prevent more damage from the sun, but also preventing too much vitamin D. You cannot get vitamin D toxicity an overdose, from sunlight because it's self-correcting if you have a skin pigment. Mm. So the, the rule of thumb is at least triple the sun exposure, and most health authorities are recommending routine vitamin D supplementation for anyone with dark pigmented skin, be, uh, especially if they're not eating a diet that's rich in vitamin D already. So that's a precaution that's recommended worldwide. Uh, for people at, on a basis of you can get vitamin D from supplements, foods, or sunlight, but uh, it's not in that many foods that are not fortified. So really the key is to get get it from those sources. Now you can get some vitamin D from mushrooms if the mushrooms have been exposed to sunlight or lamps that contain the UVB rays. But, you know, those are sometimes labeled. I've seen them in grocery stores with packages. But if they don't get the light when the mushroom fruiting body is out, they're not going to convert their plant sterols into vitamin D. Okay. Now, here's another question. Let's say that you find out you do go in for blood work and you're really low. I mean really, really, really low. Um, do you progressively increase your dosing, or do you just go to a strong dose right from the get-go? You would have to go to a strong dose. It takes about 10,000 units or more to really start moving serum levels of vitamin D very quickly. Mm -hmm. And if you're giving 400, 600, 1,000, you can never raise deficient levels of vitamin D. Uh, so actually, the most efficient method of raising it is giving 60,000 units of vitamin D per week 
And that's not done commonly. What's usually done is 50,000 units once a week for four weeks, and then you do the 50,000 once a month for five months. That is the more, most typical regime. And by the way, uh, doctors usually do that, and they normally use vitamin D2, not vitamin D3, because the risk of toxicity from D2 is very much less. And that's why doctors... Uh, typically on, the, on these heroic or huge doses, have traditionally gone to vitamin D2, which is just as effective. I know there's a mythology out there that it's not, and there's some evidence that it's not as persistent, but that's at these heroic doses. These, you know, I mean, if you give someone 1,000 units and then try to measure it a month later, you're not going to find any on D2. You might find some still there on D3 because it's more persistent and therefore more toxic. I see. But uh, if you have the right testing and you're testing for all the parameters, including the hormones made by these uh, vitamin D forms, there's really no big difference between D2 and D3. In public health studies, they're used interchangeably. At the high doses, historically, it's been vitamin D2, but we now have a vitamin D3 at the higher dose. And one of the issues that came up with that is they, they used to use a test that was looking for metabolites of vitamin D2 and vitamin D3 because they're intermediates in the body making hormones like calcitriol. And if you're looking for a metabolite of D3 and you're taking D2, you're not going to find it. But both of these metabolites do the same thing in the body. You know, you get, you, they're used interchangeably biologically. So the bias of a cheaper test uh, was part of the problem in the 1990s when they switched to a test that only looked for one of these metabolites instead of both. And so if you have the right test, it, it'll show that, you know, you can take 1,000 vitamin D3 or 1,000 D2 and get the same result. And there are uh, some clinical records going seven years or longer for patients showing that there's equal results from giving the same dose at, at a thousand units a day uh, of either form. It's mm. when you get into these huge doses and try to measure it sometime later that you find a difference. And that's not a nutritional model where you take a supplement every day. That's a medical model where you do a huge dose and occasionally. Okay. So that's the fallacy in that, that, that D2 is, is less effective than D3. Okay. Now, what is the strongest vitamin D you have now? The strongest one we came out with recently is a 50,000 of vitamin D3. Mm -hmm. And the recommendation is to take one soft gel with a fat-containing meal once weekly or as directed by a physician and is intended to be under the supervision of a healthcare professional, not for daily use. Okay. So this is, a, this is the traditional way of raising vitamin D levels, where the protocol is typically take it once a week for four weeks, take it once a month for the next five months, and if you're really low, you might do it once a week even more frequently. Uh, I mean, if, if your level's really low, you know, let's say it's single digits instead of 30 nanograms per uh, deciliter, like would be more in the normal range, 
then, you know, for me personally, I would probably take one a, one a day for a while uh, until it went up, but I would be testing to make sure that it, yeah, that I'm not reaching high levels. You know, high levels would be, at levels about 200, you can damage the kidneys, for example. And the body normally won't go above, say, 90, 88 or 90 uh, on a testing. Uh, unless you're supplementing very heavily, uh, but like I said, you know, even at 10,000, it's going to take a while. If you take 10,000 every day, you know, it might be months to raise your level. You know, it's not going to be instant. Okay. Uh, so what I usually recommend is if if you have dark pigmented skin, if you're not eating a diet that's high in vitamin D, if you're not getting sun exposure with the right amount of sunlight and the right angle, that for most people, I would recommend 1,000 as a minimum, and more appropriately, somewhere around close to 5,000 would be a good everyday amount. And the reason I say that is levels of around four to 5,000 a day are the amounts that are used to justify health claims in Europe, the European Food Safety Agency on vitamin D, where the claims go beyond the bone and dental health claims that the FDA has approved in the U.S. And there are claims for preventing swaying and falling to help with balance. There are claims to help with muscle and heart health, immunity. That Those all require doses of well over 1,000 units a day and not the 600, which is the new daily value on product labels that the FDA is that, which is strictly for dental and bone health and not the additional benefits that we know vitamin D can provide. Okay. We got a little bit of time left. I want you to just touch on zinc. Everybody's coming in and asking for zinc, uh, zinc, gluconate, zinc, picolinate. I mean, all these different zincs um, because they're hearing about zinc. Um, talk a little bit about zinc and maybe what they should look for, and why do you think they're all coming in for zinc now? Well, zinc has roles in immunity, and one of its roles is as an antioxidant. Zinc and and uh, some other minerals uh, are used to make enzymes in the body that have special functions. So zinc has 200-some enzymatic functions in the body. And some of them are making immune cells, like white blood cells. Some of it is serving as an antioxidant compound. And you can actually call it that on a label because it's, it's, a, it's a mineral with an RDA. Uh, so you have these, you have zinc that, that it has a known role in immunity, uh, both from its role in producing immune cells and from its role in reducing oxidative stress. Okay. You know, because it seems like, you know, once again, people with zinc think that a little bit is good and a whole bunch is better. So I know that's nothing we uh, want people to do. No, if you, if you start getting doses above 75 milligrams a day, you risk uh, provoking a copper deficiency because mm -hmm. there has to be a ratio that zinc and copper are both used to make enzymes and things in the body. And if you take one to excess, you might stimulate a need for the other to compensate because you're starting some processes that are demanding more of these other compounds, like, like copper, to 
fulfill what's happening in the body. The zinc is stimulating, okay, there's zinc, let's do this. Oh, wait, we don't have this other thing we need to, to do this. But, it, but you already started the process. So you're, you're causing what, uh, what's called a functional deficiency of copper if you start getting real high daily levels of zinc. Now, if you're doing it for a week or something because you're doing zinc lozenges and you run down, I wouldn't worry about it. If you're taking a multi, you don't have to worry about it. Because of the copper in the multi. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy right now because I think that there's still a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of fear. You know, and every time we think we get a handle on something, they seem to change the variables again. And I think a lot of people are just at their wits end. And I think a lot of people are just right on the edge right now um, about, you know, how to process the information that seems to change every day. I, 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 I get it. You know? Well, you know, and there, there is conflicting information. Like, we know that vitamin D is, is good for you. And, you know... It, when I became a clinical nutrition in 1992, uh, everyone was saying, like you mentioned, vitamin D is toxic, you can overdose, it's fat-soluble, it doesn't leave the body quickly, and let's be cautious with it. And they drove everyone's levels down to the point where the mass of Americans, most Americans, are deficient. And now they're, they're starting to back away from that and say, oh, wait. Vitamin D has all these other roles that we don't acknowledge and is useful at higher doses and is safer at higher doses. Oops, we went too far. Mm -hmm. I see. You know, I think if people would just be a little, go into the little bit category, a little bit healthier, eat a little bit better, sleep a little bit more, drink a little bit more water, you know, be a little bit more active, be a little more positive, you know, I, I think we could do a lot better, but I think a lot of people are just, you know, we go all or nothing, and a lot of times we end up doing nothing. Well, it's true. You, you, I mean, you need a certain amount of these. I mean, these are essential nutrients we're talking about in, in most cases. You know, so making sure you have enough essential nutrients is not a radical idea. That's true. No, that's very true. But if you're coming from a place where you've never even thought or talked about it and it's Greek to you, it seems like you're doing things that are above and beyond and extra because you may not think about the basic foundation of what's necessary on an ongoing basis. I think it has to do with your mindset and your the environment you're coming from, too. Yeah, we're, we're not really, most of us, living in holistic lifestyles. No. You know, we're, we live in a, a fast food nation, a... Uh, fast-moving nation, you know, we're we're not used to being shut down like this, and, uh -uh. you know, running in place, as it were. You know, we're used to being on the go. So, you know, it, it's it's a weird mindset for us to try to compensate for that. But, you know, nutrients can go a certain distance there. But as you mentioned, there's other factors: the stress and sleep, the uh, community, uh, having a, a goal in your life, having positivity. You know, there are other important things. I think I agree with that. Anything else that, you know, we're, we should just take into consideration, you know, during these times right now, kind of like the limbo times of vaccinations and starting to open and things like that. Maybe, you know, maybe just some lifestyle hints real quick that you could think of that might 
make people a little bit more aware and a little bit healthier? Well, sure. I mean, uh, something I'm guilty of not getting enough exercise, you know, being I, I tend to sit at a computer screen a lot of the day and at an office, and, and even if I'm home, and, you know, just not getting that much exercise. I did get exercise shoveling snow this week, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, moving and, and stress reduction are important. I actually have, have been able to control my arrhythmia with, with stress management techniques like breathing and things like that. So kind of short-circuited at, at its starting and haven't had an episode uh, of concern to my doctors for two or three years. You know, I, that's cool. at age 66, 67, that, that's not too bad. No, that's you actually know. very good. They, they would expect it to get worse and worse, and instead it's been pretty stable for at least two or three years. I've stayed out of the hospital for several years. So, you know, that's, I consider that a good progress, and it's partially supplements and partially uh, the stress reduction techniques. But the stress reduction techniques are one of the keys. You know, just breathing and calming myself when I feel my heart starting to race. Uh, really has been great at, at managing my arrhythmia. You know, and I'm taking a medication, but it's a very low dose. And I'm taking a blood thinner to make sure that if I do have arrhythmia, it doesn't clot. But, you know, that just gives me more confidence, really, that what I'm doing, the, these other things are worth doing. Because I don't want to get to the level of having to take higher doses of medication, having them kill off heart cells uh, or put in a pacemaker or any of that stuff. You know, I really want to avoid these serious medical interventions as much as possible, you know, as, as most people do. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you. This was, um, this was a great, great topic today, topics. And thank you for discussing these products. I, I really do appreciate it. And, and I wish you and yours the best. And stay healthy, my friend. You too, and please give my best to Marge and the folks over there. Of course I will. You be well. Take care. You too. My guest today, Neil Levin, always good information. Uh, Remember, you can go back into the podcast and hear any of the shows that Neil's done with me for the last, goodness, 10 years now? It's got to be over that now. So, I mean, uh, he does a show with me every single month. So that's a big, huge library of shows with him, and they're always informative, and you always will walk away with some important information. And the thing about it is, is, you know, I've been on the air, you know, for all just under 40 years. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, things have changed and many people started with me when they were young. And now many people are in their sixties, seventies, eighties, you know, so things that we talked about before that were important, they may be important now, but there's probably new things that are more important because of our age, lifestyle changes and changes in the world around us. You know, so that's the great thing about staying in touch with the show because, you know, things that you probably thought about years ago, oh, that's for older people. Well, we're now older people, you know, so we have to start thinking about these things too. So we try to make sure that we're covering things for all age groups across the board, and I've always done that. Tune into the show Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, and remember every single show, courtesy of Lotus Broadcasting, and my great producer, Stephen, um, sends the link every day to me. I send it to Lisa. She posts it on the Stay Healthy webpage, which is stayhealthylasvegas.com, where you can actually go in there and download any of the on-demand podcasts when 
it's on demand by you. I mean, when it fits your schedule, you can download and listen. So that's a great thing, a great tool. That's one part of technology I do enjoy very much. While you're at the web page, enter your email address and start getting newsletters from the from the Stay Healthy store, always up-to-date, relevant information, and print a coupon, and then use it on your next visit to the store. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, a full-service store, fully packed with the best of the best products every single day. Uh, in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley, they are Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center. They're on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. So if you see Smith's, you'll see Stay Healthy. People have been going there for a long time, and they bring their friends, their family, and their coworkers, and everybody there. And remember, they've made it easy for you now. If you can't travel, if your work schedule doesn't work well uh, with the hours of the store, which are 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday, closed on Sunday, call the store at 877-2494. They'll talk to you about curbside service where you could just swing in, and they'll bring it out to your car. You can have them get the order together for you. You can run in and get the order. You can come in and do in-store shopping and ask questions and have conversations and all that. And you can also mail order your products and have them sent wherever you need them to be sent, either home or office, wherever you want to receive the packages. They have that service available. They'll tell you how that works as well. So be it in-store, uh, mail order, curbside service, or just getting it together for you, uh, Stay Healthy Health Food Store is there to work with you and to make sure that you're not only choosing from the best companies, the best products, the most transparent formulations, but you're also choosing from a place where you can have a dialogue, a conversation, and pinpoint things a little bit better. Remember, um, as soon as I hear from Marge on the basket of the month coming up, I'll let you know. But always enter when you go in. Fill out a slip no matter what the basket is. And don't forget about the special going on from Irwin Naturals. Buy a Irwin Naturals product and get a free product from a group of products they have. And they're all awesome. So have a great day, everyone. Check out all the Now Foods products. Be well and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health with the best guest in the industry, helping all of us to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are now available at my website, drjeffreyburke.com. Simply click on the archive icon to make available on-demand podcast downloads. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store for all your nutrition needs. Stay Healthy provides reliable, responsible, relevant service every single day. I look forward to talking with all of you soon.